Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Grace Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Father, we thank you. We have come once again to give you all of ourselves. Our prayer is that your spirit will help us in this process. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sit down. I take it for granted that everybody in this room understands that there are at least three reasons why you do not belong to yourself. The very first one is because God created you. And by virtue of creation, you belong to him. Even if nothing else happened after that. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The people in it and all belong to him. And the ownership right of you, your life, and everything you have Everything you are, everything you ever will be, is in God's hands. Job chapter 12 verse 10 says that the breath in your nostrils, the life that you have, is in the hands of the Almighty God. So, that's the first reason. But the second reason is that if you belong to Jesus, you must know that He bought you. He bought you with a price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 22, they all say the same thing. You have been bought with a price. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, he says, you were not bought with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the spotless sinless blood of the Lamb of God. So, tell your friend you have been bought. You have been paid for. You, you no longer belong to yourself. Please, do you understand? Hallelujah. So, if you pay for a goat, and take the goat away from the owner into your pen. And then the next day, the goat strolls back to its old owner and is put in that pen. The owner is a thief. 
you have been bought. The price for you, your life cost Jesus his blood. In fact, Acts chapter 20 verse 28 says that God purchased you with his own blood. So, you are bought. Even if you spend your whole life paying back, you can't finish paying. That's the truth of the matter. And that's the second reason. He created you, so he owns you. He, Jesus bought you. So you are, you are owned square. Eh? Yes. But the third reason why you are not your own is that you have a guest from heaven whose envelope you are. You see, the Bible calls us the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the living God. Second Corinthians six sixteen and first Corinthians three sixteen, first Corinthians six nineteen, they all say that. You, you are the temple, the house, the dwelling place, the habitation of God. That, that, the envelope and the letter, which one is more important? Yes. The house and the owner who lives in it, which one is more important? The owner. So you are the house, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you are not as important as you think. It is the owner who lives in you, whose house you are. Every human being must understand that you, you are a house of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he is more important than you. So, God the Father owns you because he created you through Jesus Christ. God the Son owns you because he bought you with his blood. The Holy Spirit owns you because you are his temple. You are his house. So the Trinity has undisputed right over your life. So the question of should you give all your gifts to God doesn't even arise. You don't have a choice. But I don't want to stand from the, start from there. I want to start from the fact that if you can't die for Jesus, you can never please him. Every church member should be told that no Christian who is not prepared to die for Jesus can ever please God. I'll give you ten reasons. I have about twenty, but let me quickly rush through Ten of them. The first is that if you cannot be faithful to the point of death, he will never give you a crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He says, if you are faithful to death, I will give you a crown of life. Two, you can never be fruitful for God if you are not prepared to die. John chapter 12, verse 24. He says, if a grain of wheat doesn't fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. If it dies, it bears much fruit. Without being prepared to die, you can never bear eternal fruit 
for God. It doesn't work. Number three, resisting sin must be to the point of shedding your blood. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. It says that you should be ready to resist sin to the point of shedding your blood. That's the only thing which can make sure that some besetting sins in your life can be fought and they will go. This is the reason why a lot of Christians, they get to a certain point in their spiritual growth and they don't grow again. Because some besetting sin has choked you and blocked you and locked you and set a semicolon to your life. And it, they, they make it such that you just can't move forward with your spiritual life. That sin, you must be prepared to die fighting it. When you get there, it will leave. I normally give my own testimony that ah, I stopped really sleeping with girls when I became born again. But I underestimated how much impure thoughts I had gathered over the years. So ah, I was taking a girl to UCF meeting, you know, to be blessed. Then I was in my whole day, Lego home. And I saw her going into another boy's uh, room. And then my heart started making click, click, click. I said, hey! Sana, I wasn't taking her to, to be blessed anyway. I was interested in her. And my heart was reporting it. So I went to the primary school there. I went to the park. And I said, God, if I fornicate, just kill me. I kill me. Then the thing lifted like a cloud. Since then, I've been free from that thing. You know, there are some things in your life, if you can't resist them to the shedding of your blood, there's no way they will leave you. Because they are determined to send you to hell. And that's all they can do. Because they bracket you in a certain way that, you know, you go with them. But, hey, where am I? Faithfulness unto death, one. Fruitfulness, two. Resisting sin to the point of death, three. Four. Resisting Satan to the point of death. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. We always quote the first part and leave out the last part. It says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives unto death. Look, even Satan, when he's fighting you and he sees you are a coward, he smiles. You see, he looks at you with contempt because he knows that you are not prepared to die for your faith. So, when he sees that you are prepared to die, the, he, he now sees he has met a match. The church is not able to face Islam because church members are not taught to die for their faith. But Muslims are taught to die for their faith. So when you see one suicide bomber around, you see all the Christians scattering. Any Sunday, a suicide bomber comes to this church and say, if you, you belong to Jesus and say you are born again, stay. I'm blowing this place in one minute. You will see how many people will stay in this room. They will say, oh, God is a forgiving God. <laughs> Sadness 
sin must be resisted to the point of blood. Now, number five is that obedience, obedience to God must be to the point of death before you can accept it. Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11, he says that, let this mind be in you, or attitude be in you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, took upon himself the form of a born slave. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 9. You know, the book of Hebrews lifts up Jesus big, 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 big. But he says, though Jesus was his son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. God, if you, if you want to walk with God, you must learn to obey him to the point of death, even death on the cross. Then he can exalt you. Obedience must be to death. Otherwise, you yourself, you know, how many sins did Adam and Eve commit before God drove them out of their garden? Just one. Nadab and Abihu, in Leviticus 10, verse 1. The day they were ordained priests, that's the day God killed them. Because they offered one unholy sacrifice. Just one is enough. How many times did Moses, you know, flout God's orders before he said he won't go to Canaan? Once. That's it. So the issue is, if you can't obey God to the point of dying in obedience, forget it. Go on the way you will trip. On the way, some test will fail you. Then, number six is we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. That's Hebrews, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. When you say living sacrifice, what does it mean? It means you, you are living but dead. That's a living sacrifice. Sometimes it's easier to die for Jesus than to live for him. Because dying for him is just once. Boom. But living for him means you die daily. You see? You rise up to face the same problem daily. There are many ladies who are born again. Some are even tongue-speaking. They speak in postgraduate tongues. But, but at the office, your manager says, if I don't sleep with you, I won't promote you. And as he harasses you day and night, and you know that if, if you don't give in to him, he won't promote you, or you won't get that job, or, you, you know, you, you suddenly see yourself crumbling even though you know you are born again. You see, it's just because you are not prepared to die for what you believe. That exam, you know that if you don't cheat, you will fail. Dolly, dolly. You yourself, you know. You see? But you look left and right and say, Oh, Jesus, I beg you. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Allow me to steal this one. Just cheating this one. Oh. 
I beg you, I will confess after this. You see? So the issue is, is that when it comes to living sacrifice, it means daily you are taking decisions that cut you, that lacerate you, that wound you, that are so uncomfortable at home, at work, at school, in the marketplace. You, you, you really find yourself being roasted. Because all that will live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, living sacrifice. But my point number seven is that Jesus says anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. Anyone who is prepared to lose his life for the sake of Jesus and the gospel will keep it. You can find it in John 12, 25. But Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 37. I want us to read that passage. Mark 8, 34 to 37. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 37. I am attacking the topic from the, the opposite extreme. I'm telling you that the option of giving your all to God is not even yours to choose. Because if you can't die for Jesus, you have already lost the battle. And if you are prepared to die for him, nothing else matters anyway. If they are dragging you to go and shoot you at the firing squad. Do you say you are stepping on my toes? You are stepping on my toes. You don't say that. They are going to shoot you. They are going to shoot you. So when they step on your toes, it doesn't mean anything. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Please, there are three points rolled into this passage. The first one is that discipleship, which is not prepared to die for Jesus, is an empty claim. If you say you are a disciple of Jesus and you are not prepared to die for him, then you are joking. Luke chapter 14 verse 26. He says that anyone who comes after me and cannot hate father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, and his own life also cannot be my disciple. That's putting it very bluntly. Matthew is more gentle. Matthew 10, 37, 38. He says anyone who loves father or mother or mother is not worthy of me. You can see that it's a very kind way. Of, of presenting it. But Luke is rough. He says, you cannot be my disciple. If you can't die for Jesus, you cannot be a disciple of Jesus. Any profession is just a joke. Yes. These are the things the church should teach every church member when you are being baptized. So that you can tell yourself, okay, this is what I'm entering into. I'm not coming for prosperity. 
Because anybody who is coming for prosperity is not prepared to die. You die and leave their things. Yes. And then the, the, the next thing he said, the, which I also love, is the fact that, you see, life is made up of paradoxes. You see, a paradox is something which appears opposite, but is the truth. He says that anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. Anyone who loses his life for my sake and the gospel will preserve it. Now, many times we read Jesus' words and we are sure he's, he's not correct. Because we feel a person who is thinking well cannot be saying that. Look, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. He said in John 18, 36, 37 that, For this reason I was born, and this purpose I came to the world, to bear witness to the truth. Anyone who is of the truth listens to me. The truth is that if you wish to save your life, you will lose it. That is truth. That is truth. What is truth? Truth, you know, is, uh, the Greek word used for truth is aletaya. It's from a, meaning negative, and lantano means covered or hidden. Aletaya means something which is uncovered, which is not hidden, which is as it is, and it corresponds to the facts. Everywhere, every time, for everyone. Jesus is the truth. And the truth is that if you want to save your life in this world, you will lose it. You will lose it. You will lose it. You will lose it. Nobody should deceive himself. That's the truth. You can challenge it. You can ridicule it. But that's the truth. Now, you may not see how powerful it is. A day is coming soon. Then you see that that is the truth. All those who are fighting to save their lives in this world, they are going to lose it. Even if nobody kills you, you will die. Even if nobody kills you, you will die. A time is coming when beauty will be nothing. Have you ever seen an old lady looking at a picture when she was sweet 16? But now there are no teeth. Eh? Have you seen it before? Then you see that beauty is nothing. Have you ever seen a rich man eh, who has a lot of suits but has a stroke? Can't wear them. Then you see that trousers is nothing. Suit is nothing. Have you ever seen somebody with you know, his bed, he has 13 bedrooms in his house alone. He alone. But he's old and he can't sleep on even a Vono mattress. They are asking him to sleep on the floor or some hard medicated thing. Have you seen before? Then you will see that money is nothing. Bank account is nothing. Do you understand? The things of this world don't last. They don't last. They only look attractive and deceptive. You spend your life on them. And then at the end of the day, you see that you are carrying chaff. Because they don't mean anything. Yes. Eternal things. When you commit your soul to eternal things, as the years go by, 
you look back and you say, Ah, Madibim, I've got it. My hands have captured the thing. I've taken the gold out of life. I don't know whether you have ever thought of it. When we were students, those boys who were chasing all the girls around, <laughs> where are they now? Where are they now? Some HIV has silenced them somewhere. Yeah. See, all those guys were smoking their hands. And then Apache Wawa, you say, yeah, 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 yeah. They say, upon a way, way. Yeah. I remember when we were in infantry school, one boy, he said he was more popular than Jesus Christ. Gidi go, marame, When he did, Gidi comes to the square and I first him, and you, Gidi go, Gidi he didn't even make it to the university. That silenced him. <laughs> Look, if you want to save your life, you will lose it. Jesus said it. Look, there are very few statements of Jesus in the Bible that appear in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I read the Bible through many times. Few. But, what I'm telling you appears twice in Matthew, once in Mark, twice in Luke, once in John. Six times in the four Gospels. If you like, doubt it. Yeah. So the point is not that should I give my gifts and talents, should I give them to God? That's not the issue, my friend. It belongs to him. And even if you don't give it, you will lose them. That's strength of yours. Don't give it to Jesus. 30 years from now. Let's see where it is. That beauty of yours. Use it to bluff Jesus now. 40 years from now. Let's see where you will be. The dynamics will soon come. <sighs> so you don't need to... If preachers want to be very honest with you, they will even tell you the truth. They will just leave you. Let you suffer the consequences. But this is the truth. This is the truth. Now, you can see that I can argue the whole night on this thing. So let me leave that area and move on to still another important area that you see the only hope the world has is the church. Because Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13 to 16 that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. When Jesus said, go, make disciples of all nations, preach the gospel to every creature, he was entrusting into the hands of the church Something no political institution can ever do. The church is the only hope the world has. Because that's the only place they can find salvation. Light. First Timothy 3.15 says the church is the pillar and ground of truth in the whole universe. But that's not all. Do you know that the church is the only hope of a heavenly community that Christians have. 
Think about it. When you think of heaven, the closest picture of heaven is the church when it's running smoothly. Where people who are frafra and people who are dagbani, people who are Evi and people who are Nzima can meet and fellowship as brothers and sisters. That's how it's going to be in heaven forever. So the closest picture we have on this earth of how heaven will be like is the local church. But that's not all. Of all the institutions in the world, there is no single institution that Satan cannot prevail against except the church. He then said it in Matthew 16 from verse 18. He said, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Every bank, Satan can prevail against it. Every school. But the church of God, that's the only deposit on this earth which can resist the devil. What I'm trying to say is that as a member of the church, you are the hope, the last hope for perishing unbelievers, for fellow Christians, for God, and the only resistor of Satan left. So you can't say, I won't give all my gifts. There is nothing like that. You can't. You can't. But not only that, I think I want to attack briefly the things which make us not want to, to give all our gifts, talents, abilities to God. The first enemy is Satan. In Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, when Ananias and Sapphira brought part of the money and kept back part, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to keep back part of the money? You see, when you had you sold the property, wasn't it on your own? You could have kept all. Why did you need to come and tell lies? You have not lied to men. But you have lied to God. Satan fills our heart to keep back part of ourselves from God. He is an enemy because, look, after he got Judas Iscariot to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, could Judas spend the 30 pieces? He couldn't. So, what has happened? Satan has made a fool of him. The 30 pieces of silver that he sold his master for. That money cried, he couldn't spend it. Look at Gehazi. Naaman's uh, uh, gold that, and clothing he coveted. With the leprosy. How was he going to wear that thing? You see? Akam. Akam. The thing he stole from uh, uh, what? Jericho. It was still fresh in his tent. Did he use it? But he was stoned and died for it. 
Let me tell you. When you keep back part of your life from God, Satan is making a fool of you. Because what you are keeping back to, you will not use well. You, you are not finally going to enjoy it. Because he knows how to... Anyway, the next area is what I call worldliness. Love for this world, the pleasure, the riches, the, the deceitfulness. Please read for us Matthew chapter 13. Yeah, Matthew chapter 13. Yes, read verse 22. You're reading verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life. The worries of this life. And the deceitfulness of wealth. The deceitfulness of wealth. You will get more. If you go, you will get more. You will, if you do this, you will just get more and more. Yes. Choke the word. They Choke the word. Making it unfruitful. Making it unfruitful. You see, this world always says you can have more. So you are a mother. And because you are working, your husband is working, and you have been promoted, now you are a bank manager. Forgive me. You put your children in the car 4 a.m. So that you can beat the Spinter's Road traffic. And they are pasting in the car. You see? They dress in the car. And then when you get to the, the kids' school, it, 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 the other people, children have not reported. So you give some money, some tip to the, guard, uh, the security, so that you keep the children for you. And you dash off to work. You don't close early too. So the children stay there. Waiting for mommy. By the time you get to them, they are asleep. You pack them into the car, and the next day, 4 a.m., because you are now a bank manager. Let's think through it. You know what those children will become? Arm robbers, prostitutes. Why? Because nothing is in them, they don't have a home, they have a professional mother. Who cannot murder them? So you get, at the end of the day, you have a lot of property. But the children who should administer the next generation of the property are stupid. You raise them like that. Because you didn't have time for them. So that, that's it. Look, you could have done with less money. Only one car instead of two. You are not living in a 14-bedroom house. You are now living only in a two or three humble abode. Squeezing yourself in. But you have time for God. You have time for quiet time. You have time to raise your children. The next 10, 20 years, there is something in them. When they enter university, they can resist the temptations. You see, it was on the air the day before yesterday and yesterday, that the whole Africa, we smoking, Ghana is one. 
Ghana is the first weed smoking country in the whole of Africa. And the whole world, we are number three. 20, 21.5% of Ghanaians are weed smokers. That's it. That's it. You see? Yes. And so these those children, they will grow up and smoke weed and become as useless as you want them to be. Because you don't have time for them. In marijuana has time for them. That's it. Anyway, the world, the way the world thinks, the way they, you know, some of these things, you think about them and you ask yourself, where is the church going with all this? Eh? Where is the church going with all this? You are married to a jealous husband. Eh? You want to marry a wife. And they say that the bride price for the wife is that you must die. And you go and tell your father that. Ah, they say the girl I must die before I get her. And your daddy says, can't you get any other a woman to marry? And you say, that's the only one I will marry. And then you go and they slaughter you. And you marry that girl. After you rose from the dead. And, 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 and she is bluffing you that she will still give you her all. She will still give you everything. Are you crazy? What do you mean? What do you mean? Your Lord died for... He shed his blood on the cross. God came and died on the cross to save you from sin. Now you are debating whether you should give him all. What are you talking about? Are you serious? What? And that's my next point. Some people, their problem is they are too shallow even to think about these eternal issues. And where the, they, they are still falling upon the rock because they cannot think deeply enough to appreciate the issues that are at stake. You are bought with a price. The blood of the, the Son of God. Romans 14, verse 7 to 9. He says, none of us live to ourselves. None of us dies to ourselves. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord. This is the reason Jesus Christ both died and rose from the dead. That he might be Lord both of the living and the dead. Even after you die, Jesus is your senior prophet. Dead people, the ghosts, they don't do what they like. You can't. There is a senior prophet even after your death. Look, even if you don't give Jesus your all now, I tell you, after your death, you will meet him. He is the Lord of the living and the dead. The 70, 80 years you don't want to give him. After you die, you will meet him there. You will meet him there. Judgment day, you will meet him. You see? You don't, there is no question for any Christian to be asking, should I, should I not? There's nothing like that. And I want to, I, I'm now, you know, I've now cleared my throat. I'm now coming to my sermon. Now, let me ask you, how many people here, oh, I beg you, some of them, please, you, you stand up. Please, this is your pastor. If you know that the same blood which bought her, bought you, please stand up. 
Please, stay. no, no, don't get up. Think well. <laughs> Think well. If, if you know that you know, that you know that you know, that the same blood which bought your pastor, bought you. Please, be on your feet. Please. Are you sure? Okay. If I buy two wristwatches, same price, is it right for one, one wristwatch to say, oh, you give the master the service. Me, I will, I will rest. Is it correct? If you bought both watches to the same price, please sit down, mama. Look, it's wrong. It's from the devil to think that the pastor should work for God more than you. Because the same blood bought you and her. It's Satan who is telling you that. You are a priest of God. A royal priesthood. Think well. That's why I said you should think before getting here. Think well. The same blood which bought your pastor, bought you. Why should your pastor work for God more than you? You see, the Catholic Church brought that. They said laity and clergy. So the clergy put on white. And they appear as if they are closer to God. But it's wrong. You are a priest. You are a saint. The same blood bought you as bought her. Every church member should offer God the same service as the pastor does and even more. Are you okay? Or do we, shall we vote? The idea that, oh, I'm working. Then we can support the pastors to work for God. is from the pit of hell. The gifts God gave you, He didn't give the pastor. Some of you here can pray more than your pastor. Some of you here can fast more than your pastor. Therefore, the responsibility for that prayer is yours, not hers. Because she is operating the gifts given to her. Okay. Now, let me be more generous. How many people believe here that the same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead is in you? If you have received the Bruniwau Holy Spirit, yours is second hand. I don't want you to get up. Do you understand? Ghana, we are also used to second hand. Second hand shoes, second hand belt, second hand everything. Brazia. You see? So, because of that, we think that there is second hand Holy Spirit too. If you are here and you are sure that the same Holy Spirit which raised Jesus from the dead is in you, please, let me see your hand. Are you sure? Okay, please, hands down. Why should you expect the pastor to work for God more than you if you also have the same Holy Spirit? You think about it. You think about it. 
Now, is the heaven the pastor is going to different from the heaven you are going to? It's not the same heaven. It's like both of us are going to Kumasi by air. And you say I should pay more. Why? It doesn't make sense. You're all going to the same heaven. You all expect to enjoy the same at all. Or when things are being shared in heaven, you say, oh, that's pastor, so give all to him. Or her. You're not going to say that. In fact, we are looking for a place where there will be justice. Anyway, I hope my point is made. Look, your pulpit, if you are a teacher, is your classroom. Your pulpit, if you are a banker, is your cashier's desk. Your pulpit, if you are you are an architect, you are a lawyer, you are a judge, your pulpit is your workplace. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. You don't have a choice whether or not to give your gifts and talents and abilities to God. You don't have a choice. Nobody should deceive himself or herself. You don't have a choice. The only thing is you have to decide to give him your all. It's unfortunate. I don't know how God planned it. But he decided that he, he will use human beings to do his work. Therefore, he sends an angel to Cornelius to tell Cornelius that send people to Joppa to go and call Peter to come and preach to you. That long process, school of administration will cancel that paper. Why wouldn't the angel preach to Cornelius? Heaven doesn't think that way. Therefore, if you won't use your gift as accountant, your gift as a teacher, your gift as a lecturer, if you won't use it for God's purpose, no work will be done. That's God. So the angel left. Cornelius sent three people to Peter. 22 miles. They walked. Pa, pa, pa. Went and called Peter. Peter went with them. Pa, 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 and came and preached. While he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone in Cornelius' house. This is the God we walk with. If you won't work with him, you won't give me your gifts, I will use it to help another person or help even you. That's it. That's the God we work with. Jesus himself met Paul, Saul, on the way to Damascus. And he fell down. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. You are persecuting. Rise up. Go into the city. It will be told you. And he went and told Ananias. Ananias, there's a guy called Saul praying on the street, street in Damascus. Go and he has seen a vision of you coming to lay hands on him so that he can see. Jesus didn't heal Paul, even though he was going to write half the New Testament. No, he won't. You human being will have to do. We spoil the work for God when we withhold our gifts, our talents, our abilities from God's use. We spoil the work daily. Daily. 
Because he can use you? Yeah. I just want us to get up and pray. Our prayer is not, shall I? Shall I give? Shall I not give? That's, that's not what I'm here for. If that's what you have got so far, then don't get up. It's not, don't, don't stand up at all to pray. It will annoy God that you are coming to. You, haven't, you know, that's why some people consult God and they don't hear anything. Because they use Him like a research fellow. Eh? They say, oh, okay, Chinese department has said this. Mathematics department said this. You do what are you saying so that I can mix all of them and look and decide. He won't mind you. If you give him your all, he will give you his all. Because he gave his best, his only begotten son, to die for you. He expects you to respond. When you respond with your all, then what is on his heart, he will tell you. When we rise up, I want you to pray your prayer. I can't describe the way you should pray. If you are, whatever you are, whatever you have, whatever you can do, your opportunities in life, your, your, your talents, your gifts, your abilities, spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, your strength, your, your everything that is in you, I want you to lay it at the altar of God and tell him, take it, take my life, take my tongue, take my feet, take my hands, take my thoughts. Take me, take everything I have, all I am, all I, I ever hope to be. Take all and use it for your glory. Shall we be on our feet? Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.